Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Today, we have Rich Schnitzel on the show. He owns and operates a done-for-you automation company, helping six-figure entrepreneurs build the automation they need to scale their businesses to seven figures and beyond. Rich's automations are responsible for claiming thousands of hours in entrepreneurs' businesses. He believes automation doesn't have to be a dirty word and created the concept of authentacious automation to help entrepreneurs level up their business through the power of technology. Rich, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. So I told you previously, I love talking about technology. And when you said automations, I'm like, yes, a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize how they can actually leverage that in so many different areas of their business. But before we jump in, you have an amazing superpower. Can I ask you about that? Sure. What is your what is your superpower? We talked about it in the pre-show. Yeah. So uh, my superpower is uh, I think in 3D and I can hold business in my head because of that. So you think in 3D. So I suspect that that's pretty helpful with these automations. You can see where things connect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, in talking with other people about the way they think about things, you know, it's the idea that two things can be competing for a single place in a workflow and being able to, in my brain, you know, normally that would, if you're on a piece of paper, that would be, you know, like a split up or down. And as you create more and more splits, the amount of space required to put that in a two-dimensional space just increases and that increase in complexity makes it harder to then connect dots when the steps are two or three spaces removed. And for me, the way that I'm thinking about it, those the spaces don't grow as quickly. And then I don't have to think in a linear path. Things can be a curve. Things can be you know, some weird line that goes through a bunch of other things that doesn't really connect to anything, but goes back to another task that we've talked about you know, 15 minutes earlier in a conversation. And to me, that connection is really clear because I'm not restricted by uh, the, the normal paper flow where, you know, where, where's that line going on the paper? To me, it's just like, oh, no, that's a straight line in my head. Like th- there is no curve. There is no squiggly mark to get around everything else. That's a straight shot back to this idea that we were talking about earlier. So your bio talks about the right brain creative thinking. Is this what you're referring to is your ability to see this way and be able to connect with those people that don't always see those linear relationships or need to see something outside of that linear relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And it's that ability to think in both and communicate to both sides because the way that you would have a conversation with somebody who is left brain is a little bit different than the way that you would have a conversation with somebody who is right brain because their associations are different. You know, one, one wants that straight logical line. The other wants the almost like an emotional connection of like, how did I feel about that step? And how am I talking about this next step? And those feelings are the same. 
So I need to make the relationship between those on that level and not just the, well, X and Y equals Z and Z plus A is equal to you know, D. So therefore, you know, Z and A are connected, you know, whatever that looks like. like. So I explain it differently because I can see and communicate on both sides of the spectrum. Perfect. Now, I know that some of your automations, well, you, you your background first of is, is in mechanical engineering, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I know that some of your automations range from sales to estimation, project management, and high-end design. Can you talk a little bit about, maybe pick one of those? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll not talk about sales because I think that's where everybody leads to. <laughs> like everybody starts and I want to automate my sales, but Let's go into kind of the next step of the business where it's project management. What we do a lot is sales is an information gathering step, both for the person to understand who you are and that you can solve their problem and for you to understand what that problem is. And there's often a disconnect between when that sale becomes a yes transferring all of that information that you've learned to the next phase into your project management software so that you can track what's going on with the benefit of all of the knowledge that you've gained about what you're trying to do with that person. And automation is really powerful for connecting that information to the next step because we can just make a request out to, you know, whether you're using Asana or Trello or whatever your HubSpot, whatever your sales and marketing is, saying, okay, what do we know about this person? And then reconfiguring that information and then presenting it in the next program because not most people don't use the same program for the different phases in their business. They have one thing that's really good for marketing. They have one thing that's really good for project management. They have one thing that's really good for fulfillment. You're using different programs because they suit the way that you're operating in your business. And automation allows those things to talk so that, all the information is correct. It shows up automatically. You don't have to do the you know copy paste alt tab between different windows to try and get everything over. It just appears. Okay. So you mentioned a couple of programs I'm familiar with, Trello and Asana, mm-hmm. um, and you talk and those are definitely project management softwares. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that project management. Give me an example of some automations that you would sell, set up that would make sense to our listeners to hear, oh, yeah, okay, that's how it can help my business. Right. Okay. So we'll use Trello. I'm working on a Trello project right now. So the, there are different columns of different phases in the project management life cycle. They start on the left and they go out to the right. But each column, the person in the business who is responsible for that next step is different. It's not the same person. So we set up a trigger that looks for a card to change a column, depending on what column it is, it goes out, notifies the next person in line to say, Hey, this is what you have going on. We set a due date for those expectations. Uh, The notifications go back to HubSpot because that's their task management service, but it, notifies the person, hey, you now have something due in five days. It tags to the person. It gives them a link back to the Trello card so that they understand what's going on. And then as they perform all of their actions, each Trello card has a checklist that we check off through automation so that a project manager 
can go in and go, okay, I want to look at how you know, Rich's projects are going right now. Here's the column of what he's responsible for. You click through and you can go, okay, everything looks like it's on time. Things are getting checked off. This isn't a completely blank project. So the ability to notify people with that expected timeline, but then to be able to monitor what's going on in your business from a high level as well. So you have a benefit for the person doing the work so they can do their work better, more efficiently, more effectively, but also you as the owner or whoever the manager is, doesn't have to have, you know, doesn't have to spend 30 minutes trying to figure out where all the projects are to then go follow up with people about where is this, what's going on? Do you need help? It can just be a, oh, nope. Rich is great. Denise is great. John, uh, he looks like he's having a little trouble here. This isn't moving. I'm just going to talk to John today. Okay. So it's not, it's not just for the project managers. It's uh, also for the employees. So they can be, so they can have the proper communication as well as the, the, the details related to the project. Right. And then communication in both directions, both what they're supposed to do. And then once they do it, flowing back to the software so that everybody's in the loop. And we're, we're removing that step of them having to remember to then, you know, go back to the Trello card to check off, go create the tasks so that they don't forget all of that's handled for them. They just have to focus on what are my tasks for today? What are my responsibilities? They're all laid out. Okay. Let me go perform those. So within the workflow, you handle setting up the reminder notifications uh, the notifications of completed tasks to whom they need to go to. Mm-hmm. You handle all of that stuff. Tell me, how do they actually save money and time? Because I know this is part of, as being a Goldman Sachs alumni, we we talk about ways to leverage your time and your business and grow. And so it, explain to us kind of really simplified terms, how this is going to save a yep. business owner time and help them grow. Sure. So, there's a few different things that all stack on top of each other. The first is just pure time savings of we're eliminating a task that somebody had to do. Yes, it probably takes you 30 seconds to go in and create a new task, but scale up to creating 10 or 15 tasks, jumping between different projects, that time sync extends. So we're limiting the amount of just wasted time on a task that they don't have to perform. The next step of that is because they don't have to perform these tasks, they can maintain their focus in what they're really trying to do. So the time it takes them to do the task we're not automating also shrinks. So they say, if you get a distraction, you've lost five to 15 minutes, depending on what the distraction is, because you've lost your focus. You have to go do something else. Then you have to come back. You have to regain your momentum. Like There's all these things that have to happen before you can create productive work. Again, mm-hmm. we've eliminated those five to 15 minute losses in productivity by just letting them go, okay, I'm doing this. Here's my next task. Here's my next task. Here's my next task. Staying in that moment and staying focused in what's going on. And then the cumulative effect of those two things is that now maybe the employee could only handle four projects a day because that was what they could continue to do, they could do the work well, and everything came out the way that you wanted. Now that we've made it easier for them to perform the work and they're doing it in less time, you can now do six tasks a day, eight tasks a day, whatever 
that looks like. So you've now effectively grown the amount of time that your employee can work. Because a lot of the time, you know, we work with eight hour day. We're not really productive for eight hours. We're probably doing four hours worth of real work because there's all this other stuff that pulls us away. So if through automation, we can make it so that our eight hour day becomes a six hour day, we've gotten two free hours of time time savings because it's now something that we can do with. So you're not in fact increasing time, you're just increasing capacity. Yeah, yeah. The the first piece is the increasing the time, and that ends up being smaller than most people think. You know, you talk about automations like, oh my god, I can save. You know, I'm working forty hours now; I can only work twenty. It's not. That's kind of the the peak of what's possible. A lot of times, we're looking for fifteen minute time savings that stack up so that your capacity increases, and then you get the cumulative effect of both of those. Oh yeah, I we automated a arch HR system the the not the human touch points obviously but mm-hmm. the the process of hey we get an application think they get an automatic email saying thank you for submitting your application once we physically review it then we move it to the next step if we do move it to the next step then they get you know a, an email saying hey schedule this interview here's your link so we don't have to have that time going back and forth negotiating a time mm-hmm. It may only be five minutes, but we have multiple steps in our process. So with, you know, four more steps, if we're saving five minutes each time, that's 20 minutes per candidate that we might interview. And when we're hiring and we're growing right now, so we're hiring, it's, it's a significant amount of savings. Okay. So I totally get where you're coming from with that. When you come into a company and they know they need to make a change, they're growing like my company is, and they're looking for new ways to do things, I would see HR is probably not one of the more common things that people tend to automate. But how do you get them comfortable with just the concept of, we're going to rely on you know Trello or Asana to tell us what to do? Yeah, you have to start at where they are in their journey. So if I'm working with somebody and they haven't automated anything at all, but they know they want to do it, I'm not going to present them with a big workflow that's going to drastically change what's going on. I'm going to start with something really small. So in the workflow of the Trello, maybe we don't even worry about creating all the tasks. We just create a notification that when the card changes, they get an email that says, hey, your project has moved forward. So that you can start to see, oh, I like this. Okay, cool. I don't have to go to Trello and try to remember where all the cars were and rebuild that. I can just look at my email at, in the morning at eight o'clock. I get, hey, here's what happened. Right? Card changed. Okay, cool. Now I know where my business is. And start to turn the light bulbs on of what's possible. And then once they see, oh, this is really cool. I like the way this is working. Then you can say, well, now that we're already triggering off this event, we can do more with it. We already have the base set up. Let's add a couple more things on top of it. It's like building with Lego. Start with that one single Lego that, you know, the really cool guy that with the space helmet on, you know, that, oh, I like that. Okay, let's, let's start there, get you interested in it, get validate the fact that this is something that you enjoy, that you want to do more, and then say, oh, I got a whole bucket of Legos behind me. Let's play around with these <laughs> two and add on top of what we already created. Absolutely. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, and what would be one of the more common programs 
or functions within the business, actually, that you might set up for a company that's just starting their journey on automation? Dump all of your data to a Google Sheet. When you have a trigger happening in your business, something that you want to track, capture that and put a new row in a Google Sheet. The common thing is we have a bunch of data and a bunch of different programs, and it becomes really hard to interpret what that data is trying to tell us because it's not in one spot. So put it in Google Sheets as that one spot and allow yourself to have the ability to go look at it. And beauty of Google Sheets is you can have a whole bunch of data that if you were trying to look at everything would be really confusing, but you can just hide rows. Right. So store it so you have it. But then if you want to look at something specific, simplify what you're looking at so that you can make a logical conclusion about what's going on. You, know, you want to see how many times a customer returns Well, every to your business. Every time a customer makes a purchase, dump it in a row and then go to Google Sheets and do a filter step to pull in all the duplicates and go, oh, OK, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of twos. I don't see any one. Nobody has come just once. Everybody has come two, three, four times. But you can simplify that just to name and number of transactions. You don't have to worry about the rest when you're looking at it. So when you say dump it into a Google Sheet, for those that aren't familiar, I'm assuming you're talking about analytics being connected and, and just pulling it that way. Uh, it's it's analytics. It's If you're using an uh, e-commerce platform, it's a purchase. They all have... It's called a webhook. You know, they'll send out a webhook that says, here's all the information that happened. The, the name, the product, the cost, the tax, right. if it's associated. Yeah, so, I'm not referring to Google Analytics. I'm just, yeah. in a general yeah. term, it's analytics. <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Yeah, analytics. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. So it's data that's being pulled from programs you already have. It's not, I just want to make sure that people who are not familiar with automation are not thinking they have to add a row to a Google sheet every time this occurs. That's what I wanted to make <laughs> yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's all. Okay, perfect. So you do this regularly with, with small businesses. Who is your ideal business owner? Who, who would benefit from your work? If you have your lead funnel working correctly and you're thinking about how you want to take on more leads or close close more sales, grow your business beyond where you're at now. And you're doing the mental math in your head of the time that you have in your business, the time that the rest of your team has available to increase what's going on. And you're looking for a different option than just go hire more salespeople, hire more managers, hire new people onto your team. And you want to increase the efficiency with which your current team can work, then automation is a great tool for you and somebody that should go and find somebody like me. I'm not the only one in this space that does this, but if you're looking for that alternative to just increasing your team, having a conversation with somebody like me who does this every day, who can work with you to identify what you're doing in your business that can be automated, you'd be a, a perfect client. Perfect. And how can folks find you after the podcast? You can go to the URL bowtiebots.com forward slash podcast. There is all of our social links there. And most importantly, there is a 
meeting link for Acuity to book a call with me where we can have a continued conversation about what's going on in your business and your thoughts on automation. And I can help point you in the right direction of how you can continue to go down this path of thinking about automation and adding it to your business. So that is bowtiebots.com. And for our listeners, when he mentioned Acuity, that is a calendar scheduling tool, which is one of the simplest automations you can start with is just having it integrated into your website so people can schedule time with you. Rich Schnitzel, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.